0: friends, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys for another episode this week. And before we get started, I want to tell you guys about a couple of things. Right now, I am in the middle of a series in my newsletter called Gifted, where we are talking all about the different gifts that God has given us. And I would love for you to be a part of that community and get the remaining two devotionals and the other two, once you subscribe to my newsletter, you can hit the link in my show notes or head to my website, colclavemore.com and you can find the link there. I would love for you to subscribe and be a part of that. And the second thing, you've heard me talk about it. I would really appreciate it if you would take just a few minutes, head to the Apple Podcasts review section, leave a quick five-star review on this show, leave a comment as to what you have enjoyed about this show so far. It just really goes a long way to letting others know that this is a show that they would enjoy listening to. But guys, this week, I'm excited to introduce you to a guy named Leland Wetzel, who is the owner of a wooden baseball bat company called Zylo Bats. And as you know, I am a huge baseball fan. So I was excited to talk to him just about the process of making these bats and really more than that, I'm excited to share with you guys the story of this company, which really is to say the story of Leland's faithfulness in God and God's faithfulness to him through his work and his creativity. Such a great story, and I'm excited for you guys to hear how God is using his small business to impact others for the kingdom of God. So hope you guys enjoy this conversation with my friend Leland Wetzel. Well, I'm happy to be joined by Leland Wetzel of Xylo Bats. Leland, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, man.
1: Thanks for uh thanks for having us on today.
0: Absolutely. I was telling you just a minute ago before we recorded, I'm a huge baseball fan. And so this is going to be a chance for me to to be a little bit of a baseball nerd and learn about the process of wooden bat making. Uh, but more so what we're gonna talk about is just uh your faithfulness in God and God and God's faithfulness to you uh in this creation of your company Zylo Bats, and so I'm excited to hear just about the creative aspect of this company and the faith aspect of it so I guess uh just for for those people that are listening that may not know who you are I guess tell us a little bit about who you are as a person and uh just kind of how, how your life has gotten to where it is now maybe not the whole life story obviously but just uh who, who you are kind of in a capsule and, and kind of what you're all about
1: okay yeah so uh like like you said already name's Leland Wetzel um Grew up here in North Texas, that's uh, still where we are. Uh, and I grew up playing the uh, great game of baseball, had Had the dream as a young kid, uh, just like any young baseball player to become a professional baseball player someday. And uh, realized quickly that the Lord had other plans, uh, battled quite a few injuries through high school. Um, and so that, that pretty much ended after high school uh, just due to injuries. And so he had other plans. Um, But it's uh, the cool thing about the bat business is I feel like that's his way of allowing me to still stay within that passion. Uh, And I can get in more into that here in a little while. But uh, that's that's been really cool. So, yeah. So we're still around this area. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Rachel, and we've been married for seven years and we have a little girl that's four and a half years old and then we just had actually just had a little boy on march 4th okay so um about a solid week before everything closed down so um (laughs) that in and of itself so he was actually due march 18th and uh he came two weeks early which ended up being a huge blessing that is a blessing Um, yeah i mean we we literally like just missed the mark of me not even being able to be in the room so wow uh, yeah so um Huge Rangers fan being, being in North Texas, uh, got to be a huge Rangers fan through, uh, through the thick and thin <laughs> of uh, everything there. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and now just, just trudging through 2020.
0: Man, I, I, I feel bad now because I'm a huge Cardinals fan. And so I feel bad about 2011. <laughs> I feel I, I got to have, uh-huh. I got to interview Matt holiday on this podcast earlier this year And so talking to him about that 2011 run, I actually just had his wife on as well and kind of reminiscing about that, (laughs) that run that to me was the best sports memory that I think I'll ever have. (laughs) So I I'm sorry. I feel bad about you. You're a Rangers fan. That had to have been, uh, I don't want to rub salt in the wound there, but man, what what was that? What was that like from your perspective? Just watching that being one strike away twice.
1: Okay. So, I will never, never forget. Me and um, – I went to my parents' house to watch it with my dad. Um, pop fly to right field, and both me and my dad stand up. I remember I was like this, just like <laughs> arms raised. And I'm like, "If it, fin- <laughs> it finally happened. And then the ball goes over Nelson Cruz's head, and I'm like, you, oh, my goodness. And that, so the craziest thing was at that moment, like I don't want to be I'm, – I'm really not ever a negative person, but that at that moment I thought – I have a really good feeling that that we're going to lose this game now that that happened. So dude, it was, I mean, talk about like when he hit the ball, it was like an all time high. And then, and then literally like the lowest I've ever felt in a baseball game ever. So um, dude, what a series though. I, I read
0: something earlier this year and I don't know if this is true. Maybe you've heard this, but somebody said that Nelson Cruz was playing in on that at bat so that he could be closer to the infield for the celebration. Is that true? <laughs> I, I, have you heard have you heard have you heard this? Cause I literally heard this and I could not what? love it's like if that is true, that is one incredible aspect of that story. Because he's <laughs> playing he's playing way shallow and right. I mean it's two outs. There's no reason to be playing shallow. You're not you don't have a play at the plate. So right, he should have yeah. been he, he should have been in, in no doubles defense and he gets a ball over his head.
1: You're right. So yeah,
0: I I don't know if that's the case and that's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. I've never heard that, but I have always wondered why he was playing in. So, Hey, I mean, you never know. <laughs> I don't know, but that, that that's
0: what, that is one of the, one of the craziest sports events in my lifetime. And for me as a Cardinals fan probably will be the, but I don't know. I don't know that anything's going to top that, but we, we won't hang out there anymore. Cause I know that's probably a, a sore <laughs> subject for you, but, um, T- tell me about how how you came up with this idea. Um, the, the I think the story, because I've read this on your website, but I kind of want to hear how you tell it. I mean, the, the way in which this company started is really, really cool. And, uh, and what you guys have been able to do with this as, as sort of a ministry and uh, working with the Miracle League and some, some special needs yep. kids, you can get into that here in a little bit. But it's just been awesome I think to you know from an outsider looking in to see what God has done with this company but tell tell us about how this company started and how you got the idea to do this.
1: Yeah, so um I in, in 2012 uh, I was still in college at the time and I was uh, I was actually sitting on the couch watching a game and uh, it was in July my my nephew's uh, first birthday was coming up in August. And so I was I was just starting to think about like what I want to get him for his first birthday, and I, I heard the crack of a bat, and I thought, man, that would be that'd be really cool if I could make him a bat. Now, mind you, at that moment, I I'd done some woodworking stuff in my background, but never wood turning. So like, I started looking stuff up and see the word lathe, and I, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what a lathe is. Um, so like, real fresh. But my grandpa is a um, He's a wood carver, and so I um, I reached out to him, and he knew a guy that did some wood turning. So he he called him, and it got me hooked up with him. So we went over to his house, and I'll never forget this. I, I was I was there before my grandpa got there, and I sat in my car, and I I just prayed a simple prayer, and I, I just said, Lord, um, yeah, just allow me to enjoy this uh, moment of making this bat. Um, if you want it to be something more, um, you know, guide my steps in it and, you know, let's see what happens. And that's, that's, that, that's, that's all i prayed. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't even in the sense of a business at that point. It was just more in the sense of like, um, if, if you want this to, to be a hobby of mine, um, just allow me to do it in a way that's going to glorify you. And so I went made that first bat and just, I, I, I just absolutely fell in love with the process. And so I quickly turned around, um, made a bat for me, uh, and I actually went and hit with it. And there's something about hitting, for a baseball player especially, hitting with something that you made, or or really with anything, just using something that you made. There's something about it. And so I learned a lot from that first bat um on things I did wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it just grew my passion and and I just couldn't stop reading about different kinds of wood, um, different processes, how to how to do things better. And so I started making them for, you know, guys just around North Texas. And uh I want to say I made three. And then that was enough to just start getting the word out. And then it was just word of mouth. And so that was 2012. By the end of 2013, I was making so many bats um and i actually really wasn't selling them at that point so i was just kind of becoming more broke <laughs> than, <laughs> than i was already because i was giving them away um and so at, at the beginning of 2014 i i decided that i needed to uh, go ahead and start start a company and so xlo a uh, big question i get asked a lot um is you know why is what you know what does xlo mean and so i was actually going between two different names xylo or uh boomtown bats. So I'll just give you a description of boomtown bats where I grew up. Um, our town is called Burke Burnett, but, uh, the nickname for it is boomtown. Um, it was a big boomtown in the early 1900s for oil. Um, so that's kind of what I had behind there, but all of my friends and family are like Leland, no one other than us is going to (laughs) know why it's called that. And so uh, they decided on xylo, or the people I asked, you know, majority decided on xylo. And what that means is it's a prefix word for um, it's a Greek prefix word, and it means made of wood. So okay. you think of uh, like a xylophone is an instrument made of wood. Okay. Um, so the Zylo bat is a bat made of wood. Okay. That's where we got it. So yeah, so we we officially opened xylobats January of
0: 2014. Okay. Yeah. Man, I, I think it's so cool that there was something that prompted you to pray that prayer. I mean, for most people, just going to get a gift for somebody, not that it would be a menial task, but it's not something that you think might change your life. But you you had the discernment or at least the prompting to pray, Lord, if this is something you want me to pursue further let me know what can you, have you thought about that? Like maybe what prompted you to pray that rather than just, you know, maybe you go to target and you get a gift for somebody. You're not really thinking too much about the gift itself, but some, there was something about this that, that caused you to, I mean, have you, when you've thought about this, what what have you maybe determined as to maybe why that was prompted on your heart?
1: Yeah. So that's actually a, a, a very good way to put it. And I I've never even thought of putting it that way, but there was definitely a prompting because uh, just like you're saying, you know, normal day, uh, gift giving. It's not always, it's not always the case. Don't <laughs> think about um, it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think looking back a big thing for me, um, I have a very, very entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but I, I, I didn't grow up, uh, with a lot of people around me that I, I guess the best way to put it is I didn't even, I didn't even hear the word entrepreneur until I was 22 or 23. So, um, I always had this like yearning inside of me of entrepreneur type stuff, but didn't ever know what to do with it. And so, um, looking back now, that was really the the first time that, that I did anything entrepreneur type. Um, and, and I think that was God's way of really beginning that step for me. Um, and that to me, that's the only, the only explanation I could have is um, why I felt a prompting to, to pray at that time.
0: Yeah. Did you study business or anything in college or where did you learn? Like for some people, like like I (laughs) see, like I have a lot of creative ideas and I can create stuff and do all that sort of stuff. I know absolutely nothing about the business side of things. So if I wanted to start a company, I would have to bring on somebody who knew all that because I have no idea how to do it. Like you're talking entrepreneur. Like when I hear that word, I think of all of the different, business terms you know that you need to know to 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 sell and inventory all this stuff that's like a foreign language to me so what what did you study and and how did you learn what you needed to know in order to run a company because it's one thing to create something but it's another to make it a successful company that's making money
1: right yeah so um did not go to business school uh i majored in mass communications okay so i I love public speaking and you know wanted to go that route at the time. and so, yeah, so like whenever I went into the bad thing, I went in as fresh as you could go into anything. And so it's been really cool because God has pushed me in in areas uh, to where I've, I've literally had to learn things, um, which has been really neat for me. Um, but, but yeah, best thing I can say is it's definitely been a trial and error type type thing. Um, but in every step I've been able to to see uh, God in it. And really the, the coolest thing I think is that because I didn't know any of these things, I can even more say that we are where we are because God has laid out our path. Uh, Um, because I'm man, I mean, it's especially in the beginning, it was like every day, same thing. Like someone would say a term, um, dealing with freight or, you know, something and I'm like, I got, I got no clue. So, um, (laughs) so, so I've had to learn it all, but, but it's been, you know, going back to that prayer and the prompting, um, there's a lot of things in business that I really, really love. So like product cost breakdown, um, working with numbers and everything like that. Um, I'm really passionate about, and it's allowed me to do that.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. And how did you know, I guess, what were, what were you doing professionally, when you started making these bats and what was the the juncture whenever you decided to pursue this full time? How did you, I guess, how did you decide like, Hey, this is the right time to do that.
1: Yeah. So uh, I actually worked at a church full time as a creative director uh, here in our town. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll share the middle part of Zylo or the story of Zylo because it really pushes us to, to where we are today. So, Whenever I opened the company, the idea was to keep it part-time. Um, had had a wife at that time. And then, you know, obviously now we have two kids as well, but yeah. had to put food on the table. So um, in the back of my head, it was always this big dream idea of going full-time with Zylo, but knowing that, mm, you know, that's a long ways off. Um, so fast forward a few years, um, I, I didn't make a ton of bats, but, you know, North Texas, they were kind of getting out there. And then we had our little girl, May of 2016, and I actually ended up getting a, a new full-time job. That was actually a, a really good job at our hospital, um, local hospital here in town um, in June. And so I, June of 2016, almost towards the end of the year, I almost didn't make any bats. Um, but I had one big order of 76 bats that fall. And so I made them, uh, they were all the bats were hanging in my, in my garage, all 76 of them. And we had just become friends with a a military couple. And so they came over to eat dinner. We're showing them our house. First time they've ever been to our house. And we go into the, uh, the garage and they didn't even know I made bats. So we go into the garage and there's 76 bats hanging and they're like, what in the world is going on here? So I, you know, I, I started explaining to him and, um, you know, at that time was very much keeping it very part-time new baby, new job. Um, well then a week later, the, uh, the husband calls me and says, Hey, we're about to go back to Minnesota, um, to see our family. We're going to a birthday party for my wife's uh, grandpa and Joe Mauer is going to be there. So, <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, for those people that don't know, Joe is arguably one of the greatest catchers of all time. Um, incredible hitter. And so they asked me, they said, uh, would you want to make a bat for Joe? (laughs) And I was like, uh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, very, very much. So I'd like to do that. So, um, I made Joe a bat and, uh, I wrote him a letter. And so in that letter, I just, I, I really just Expressed who we were as a company, who I was, and I remember writing in it, "Hey, I don't, I don't know if you can even swing this. I don't know the MLB rules, um, but I would just absolutely love your feedback if you, if you could swing it in the cages." And at that point, it was in the off season, so I thought maybe he could. Yeah, uh, didn't know anything about if he had a contract or what. But uh, anyways, I give him the bat. I didn't hear anything um, for a few months, and actually. January of 2017, I started praying about closing the business. Really? Okay. Uh, Yeah. So 2016, I had that big order of 76 bats. I think I did 80 bats total the entire year. So I did four other bats, you know, the the rest of that year. So January was whenever I had to renew a few things um, financially. And so I just started praying and, you know, I wasn't really pursuing it super hard. And um, I, I prayed prayed pray pretty hard about it for about three weeks. And I remember never, for, I could take you to the exact spot. Me and my wife were walking and I said, Rachel, I, I have no idea why, um, but I just feel like the Lord's wanted me to keep the business open. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. And so that was January of 2017, March of 2017. My friend texted me and says, dude, you're never going to believe this, but uh, Joe loves the bats and wants to talk about getting more for the season. That's, <laughs> awesome. Like, That's awesome. What?
0: <laughs> That's
1: awesome. So, yeah. So, um, it was, I, I can honestly say it was the first time in my life that I, I did something that the Lord wanted me to do with full, complete faith because yeah, yeah. I mean, we weren't doing, I think in January and February of that year, I did two bats. Um, So it wasn't like we were doing anything really. And then then
0: Joe Maurer, a major league baseball player says, Hey, I actually love this bat. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and even more of a confirmation there. So we, that was towards the end of March. Um, I order more wood. I I make them three bats. And at that time I was really trying to figure out, you know, how to be MLB approved and all this stuff. And just wasn't able to get anywhere on, on that end, but um, started looking at the twin schedule on a Friday. It was uh, the I think it was the second week of April uh, and realized I was going to be done with the bats on a Sunday and they were playing the Rangers in Arlington that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. And so, uh, so we called and said, Hey, is there any way Joe would be okay with us, you know, meeting him down there and, and giving him the bats. And, so then that Tuesday, I get a phone call. Uh, I was at work, get a phone call, couldn't answer it, voicemail. And so I answer it uh, over my lunch break. And I was like, hey, Leland, this is Joe. I uh, would love to have you all down to the range. And for, you know, a baseball fan, I'm like. So he called you there? personally. He,
0: did, he didn't even have like the media people call you. He
1: Right, yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, and and one thing I learned about Joe is like, just an incredible guy. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so it it was really cool. So yeah, so we go down there, and um, you know we pull up in our minivan with bats, Joe, <laughs> um, and we're trying to tell the park the parking lots weren't open yet, and we're like, hey, we know this- we got some bats <laughs> for <laughs> Joe Mauer. So crazy, yeah. <laughs> um, and so finally, we found a guy to let us in a parking lot. Um, then we get up to security, same thing. We have our baby. We're like, hey, we have three bats for Joe. And they're like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they and call, and they're like, oh, you do? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, the cool thing about that day that really changed um, the course of our business was a lot of the Twins players, uh, Byron Buxton, uh, Tory Hunter was there. He came up and talked to us uh, with Troy Hawkins. A lot of these guys that didn't even have to take the time of day to come talk to us our, about our bats, you know, they did. They saw Joe hit with them in, um, in the – or just in batting practice. Uh, and so for me, it, it just showed me that we had something quality there. Yeah. Uh, we needed to pursue it more. So we went from doing two or three bats the first three months of, uh, or of 2017, uh, to April and, or sorry, May and June, we did 80 bats total. And so that was really the point where it was, you know, we started having to really figure out, um, things quickly uh, yeah from there
0: yeah so, so that's that's awesome so was he able to, to hit with the bats during the season at all I know that you said there's contracts and stuff and these guys usually have contracts with bat companies was he able to hit with them during any games or, or was it just kind of during batting practice that he was swinging them?
1: so he was not in 2017 they have a they have a cutoff limit to to be MLB approved um, in January of each year And so couldn't hit with them in 2017, but he did order them in 2018 um, and used them some. And so, uh, So he swung. uh, He swung in a major league game with your bats then. Yeah, yeah, and so actually, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I'll get to my first hit here in a little bit. Okay, Um, (laughs) it's pretty good. But another another big thing that happened in 2017. um, So we started like quickly figuring out what we needed to do for the MLB. And there's a, there's quite a few steps that you got to go through um, to become MLB approved, but we got to September, and so you actually turn everything in in December, uh, but we got to the beginning of September, and we were done with everything, but we realized we didn't have enough wood. Um, say if, you know, a guy calls and says, we need X amount of bats, we didn't have near enough wood to use, and so Um, wood gets pretty expensive, pretty fast. And we didn't have, we didn't have the money to do it. So beginning of September, uh, just started praying that the Lord would provide in some way. Um, and I guess I I should stop here and say, say this, um, we never, we always prayed expecting God was going to do whatever, whatever he saw fit to do in, in those situations. Um, I always want to make it clear that like we didn't just say like we prayed and we received, we prayed and we received, right, you know. Right. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, so we started praying. Wish it
0: was there. that simple all the time, but
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly right. Um and so yeah, at the, toward the end of September, I was on Instagram, came across this um this contest that Chip Gaines was doing, uh Chip and Joanna Gaines uh from Magnolia. And it was called Chip Starter. And the idea behind it was, hey, uh, send us a video of what your dream is and and how much of a financial amount you need to get to the next step of your dream. And, you know, maybe you'll win. So saw it on a Thursday, called my friend on a Friday. We filmed on a Saturday. Um, I turned it in Sunday. Found out Monday we were approved for that (laughs) contest. (laughs) And then Tuesday was like the day that you were going to find out if you were a finalist, one of the six finalists. They said, uh, we'll, we'll let you know Tuesday afternoon. So didn't hear anything. 630 rolls around Tuesday evening. And I'm like, well, you know, got some good uh, marketing out of it just on Facebook, posting the video, but no luck. That's all right. So I start texting my friends. Hey, it's a no go. Um, then at seven 30, I get a phone call. And (laughs) all it says is wake up, Texas on it. And I'm like, there's no way answer the phone. And it's a girl that works for Magnolia. And she said, Hey, I just want to, want to let you know, out of, um, over 2,700 worldwide entries, you're one of our six finalists. Wow. And, And my dream was to become MLB approved. Um, but we needed the financial amount to, um, for the wood. So, um, you know, where Joe put us really on like the Texas to Oklahoma, Texas scale, um, Everything that we did with Chip and Joanna that fall, it put us on a on a national and somewhat worldwide scale, really, really quick. Wow!
0: So, yeah. did you get to go? I know that they have. Like, my wife actually went one year to the uh, spring at the Silos. Was that? Yeah. Were, were you guys at that event, or was it somewhere else? Or, or what, what, what? did that? What did that whole ordeal with Chip and Joanna involve? I guess.
1: Yeah. So um, the event of the contest was celebration. Okay. Uh, it's like their annual event um, to celebrate the silos. Uh, so that was it. Zylo uh, at the okay.
0: silos. There we go. I like it. It's <laughs> silo at the silos.
1: <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, so that was that event. But after, um, I guess I'll, I'll let you know a little bit about that event. So we went down there and the the trick was, it was three uh, contestants on Friday night and then three on Saturday night. We were on Saturday Uh, You have to get on stage and tell a crowd of 3000 people like what your dream is. Um, The issue with mine was uh, the people I was with was like one, um, a couple guys had opened a a house for uh, to pretty much have guys come over or young boys come over that didn't maybe didn't have great family or home lives to invest in their lives. And then um, this other couple wanted to adopt from overseas. And then here I am and I'm like, I want to be approved MLB wood bat, <laughs> wood bat manufacturer, you know? So after hearing all their stories, I'm like, uh oh, just let, just give it to them, you know? Yeah. But um, the cool thing was uh, all six finalists ended up being uh, gifted with the financial amount that we needed. So, wow. uh, which was just, I mean, a lot of people ask like, you know, are Chip and Joanna the same as they are on TV and 100% they are. I mean, they're That's awesome. incredible. So but yeah, after that we we've we've uh, gotten to do their spring at the silos, uh, their Christmas event, celebration, stuff like that. So when did what year did your wife go?
0: I wanna say must have been twenty eighteen, I think. It yeah, was after we it was there. after it was after we got married and it wasn't last summer, so it had to have been twenty eighteen.
1: Okay. Yeah, we were there.
0: That's awesome well
1: (laughs) probably probably saw her out of the forty thousand people there
0: (laughs) what's crazy is i had um this girl named val werner on the show earlier this year and she creates these prayer journals and my wife has been using those prayer journals for years and my wife got to meet her at spring at the silos when she went down there and so when i interviewed her this summer she said remind me of your wife's name and i said emily claiborne and she's like i remember her and i was like wait what and she's like, yeah. Just, awesome. It was such. She was like, it was a different. It was just a different name, so I remembered it. And so she like, whenever I asked her to be on the show, she went back and she found the picture that she took with my wife and posted it on her story the day that my episode. Really? And I was like, that's just wild. So, um, <laughs> that's awesome. all. I mean, think you think about all the different people that these vendors see at that event. I'm like, you remembered my wife? Like, come on, that's crazy. So that's awesome. Who knows? You may have seen my wife walking around and, you <laughs> know, whatever. So uh, that that's awesome. So. Have any other major leaguers uh, used your bat since Joe or or has Joe been the only one so far?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so our first year in the MLB was 2018, uh, which was actually Joe's last year to play. Yeah. Um, And so the MLB, it was another thing that I, you go in totally blind. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to get information on how to be prepared, what to do, you know, everything like that. And so, uh, we went to spring training, uh, in 2018, learned some really good stuff there. And we actually had, so I gave, I gave our bats to 10 different organizations for their minor leagues. So they were, th- they were within, um, you know, minor league teams being used. And then we had a handful of guys, uh, up in the pros that used them. So Chase Anderson, actually, he used our bats all the time. He's a pitcher, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so – but he's – so he's actually from Wichita Falls. Okay. Uh, I played against him in high school. uh, And we've actually – so we we knew of each other growing up, but, you know, never hung out or anything. And the cool thing is uh, this MLB stuff is actually – like we're really good friends now and um, super – I mean, super solid Christian guy. Him and his wife are just awesome, awesome people. So, um, yeah, so Chase – a pitcher actually got our first MLB hit. That's awesome. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a guy from yeah. Wichita Falls too. That's awesome.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so we, we, we had a few a few guys we sent bats to like Byron Buxton to try out and stuff like that. But um it's what we figured out is it it, it takes a lot to to change a guy's mind. Um, which yeah. I understand. I mean growing up playing baseball, I had my bat and it was honestly i'd be doing really 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 bad to to switch two different bats so yeah. um but yeah we, we've had quite a few just in the circle of of the mlb world
0: that's cool and i guess starting to get them when they're in the minors is probably the best play then so that way if they go through the system liking your bat, then maybe by the time they get up to the majors then they'll want to keep hitting it so that's right that's pretty good and then maybe even i don't know texas is full of all kinds of great high school athletes so maybe even saying hey yo star high school kid whenever you play at this wooden bat tournament try our bat out and see if you like it that'd be yes that'd be a good good thing too yeah so um so if i guess fast forward then to, to 2020 obviously nobody who owned a small business knew what was going to come in 2020 uh yeah. you know because you and i met at kind of the start of this year over instagram or, or yeah. however and kind of we're just talking then and then a couple months later uh COVID hit and started shutting down and you were kind of sharing with me that that affected your business so I guess how did how did the pandemic affect you in this business and how have you weathered this both personally and professionally
1: yeah so uh yeah to say 2020 has been interesting is whew, um, so at the beginning I guess to back up a little bit in 2019 we started getting involved with the Miracle League um and it actually it has everything to do with 2020 but um we were a big part of their all-star weekend the most incredible weekend of my of 2019 for me as for for people that don't know what the miracle league is um it's a it's a baseball league for people with disabilities so I love uh, that yeah dude and i don't know if you have one do you have one near you i
0: would never heard of it until i was reading up on it so i, I don't think so i don't think we do
1: it's man it's it, it is. It's awesome. So if you ever get a chance to go to one, I highly recommend it. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, so we got involved, and I remember leaving that that uh, weekend telling my dad, "I I don't know how, but I need to be involved at a bigger level." So through meetings and everything, we ended up becoming the official bat of the the National Miracle League in February of twenty twenty. So I actually went full time with Xylo bats on March first of this year because of us becoming the the official bat. We had we were projected to do a thousand bats alone in the second quarter. Um, most of them being from Miracle League orders. And so it pushed me into to you know being able to go full time with it. So yeah, so March first was my first full time day with Xylo bats. We had our little boy Bo March fourth, and then the world just shut down <laughs> like the next week. And yeah. so, I uh, I had over over 750 bats um, being sold to the Miracle League. And so the way I d- the way I like to do things is I don't want anyone to purchase a bulk order of bats blindly. So I always want to send them a sample, make sure they like it. So I had sent samples to I, th- I want to say eight Miracle Leagues across the nation um and they all got them the week that everything shut down so initial conversations hey we're going to order 100 we're going to order 150 um and i pretty much say that's great before you do that let me send you a sample make sure you like it they all get them and they all say hey um we still want to do this but we there's no way we can do this this year and so i went from Projecting a thousand bats in uh, the second quarter to only doing I did less than a hundred bats this second quarter, Um, and I haven't done that little uh, since twenty seventeen. So, I mean, it was it was the biggest hit you know I've ever yeah. experienced, um, especially in, in the business world. Uh, but talk about leaning on Jesus! Oh man, I mean, whenever whenever stuff like that happens, for me, that's all you can do, and yeah. so. Uh, You know, I'm a very optimistic person. And so I just started looking at the situation as okay, um, we've been running so fast the past three years just because of the the circumstances that have happened um, in our business. Uh, Maybe this is going to be a good time for me to step back, make sure our process is where it needs to be, make sure our business is where it needs to be. And so I really started trying to look at it in that. just at that in that viewpoint and it totally changed my 2020 um yeah it was still not easy but it at least gave me a a purpose with the business um because i still and even today i still i still know that zylo bats isn't done um and so i just needed to look at it with a different pair of eyes rather than i mean that first week it was (laughs) i was pretty upset i mean it just Oh, understand- understandably
0: so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, and even, you know, for me going full time, it was kind of like that. Uh-oh. Uh Oh, <laughs> uh, what do I do now? Um, yeah. And so yeah, so, uh, really April and May, uh, I was able to sit down every day and just focus on the business and make sure that we were, we were where we needed to be. And so baseball started picking up in June. Um, you know, we start, we got quite a few orders over the summer, And then where we usually do really well is around Christmas time. We kind of have two, two areas, second quarter and and fourth quarter are our best quarters. Um, But what we realized is that in the fourth quarter of the past three years, we've done three or four shows. And so it's pushed a lot of orders our way. And so second quarter has been a little strange um, just in the sense that we didn't have those. So, Uh, haven't pushed out as many Christmas orders, but the cool thing is, um, all these miracle leagues are, they're already looking into 2021 and because they had to cancel yeah, even more than a normal league. Uh, you know, they're, they're dealing with people that, um, if they get sick, it's a, it's, it's a really big deal. And so, um, they, they, everyone just canceled all 2020, all of 2020. So, um, the fun thing that I've been able to do the past few weeks and past few months is really start digging in with Miracle Leagues and figure out, you know, what we can do to to be the best partner that we can be with them. And so, um, what I tell people is that my hope with the bat business is that I can create a product that uh, brings joy to the customer, um, and so to Where 2020 2020 was not a good year business wise, it really just recreated that idea of why we do this. Yeah. Um, then with tagging on the Miracle League and just having even more of that purpose that we get to play a small part um, and putting smiles on the faces of people with disabilities. I mean, I dude, it's there's nothing better than in my opinion.
0: That's awesome. And what did you what did you learn about? your faith and really about God during this season. Cause I think a lot of us, to some degree, we've all experienced that pain and that loss and that suffering for a lot of us, it's been through our employment and our income, but to some degree, we, we felt that pain this year. It's just been a year of loss. Um, yeah. but, but I've also, I mean, I, I've, I can look back, I was just telling somebody this earlier, um, there, for me there've been also a lot of really good things i'm trying to focus as we close out this year on those good things but um i've also learned a ton about my own faith i've learned about my reliance on god during this season what did that look yeah. like for you cuz whenever you're it's one thing to you know your your personal life and um that relationship with god to be uh you know kind of fluctuating whenever you go through different emotions but at least for me whenever my income and 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 the way that i provide for my wife and myself is deeply impacted it's, it makes me like the one thing that I get the most anxious about is money. Uh, just if I don't feel like I'm, I'm earning enough or going to have enough to pay for something, I start to get very, very, very anxious. And uh, for you, this was your livelihood. you just gone full time and you probably had all that excitement and momentum. And then this happened. So as you progressed through 2020, and, and it was pretty apparent that we're not going to be out of this for a while. And even as we're talking, we're still not really out of this. How did right. you what did your, what did your relationship with, with God look like? And were there moments where it was hard?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, for me, uh, I've been so busy the past three years, having a full-time job now, two kids, but really one kid during those three years, a family to take care of. And really, you know, the past, Two years, Zillow bats has been a full time job, just not full time pay. One of those things. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so for me, whenever I lost, quote unquote, lost everything, when everything shut down, no orders were coming in, nothing. Um. I really had to look into my heart and and see where am I putting my trust and faith in. Um, yeah. is it? You know, and just to be honest, a lot of it was hoping and making the bat business work. Um and then whenever that was taken away from me, uh, it made me realize that that was where that was and I needed to put it back uh into my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so uh and just just a perspective on what's important in life. I mean really. You know what I mean? Like Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I thought so much this year more than any year. I thought so much of whenever I am 75 years old if if I make it that long what am I going to look back at and say I'm glad I took the time to do this you know right uh, and really at the end of the day do I want to have a successful business yes but um, I want to look back and say that I had an impact for Jesus name uh, than anything else and yeah. so it, it I mean it 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 wrecked I mean, it wrecked my life uh, in a good way. You know, I mean, it, oh, was, yeah. it, just, it was such a humbling experience for me. Um, and, and I, you know, I hear uh, people all the time talk about how Satan uses busyness um, against us. And, and, and you know, I live that firsthand, along with, you know, a ton of other people that do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I do. I do feel like we're in March. Um, it was kind of that feeling of like, I just lost everything, um, to where now like moving into 2021, I feel like my, my relationship with the Lord probably hasn't been stronger than it is today. Um, just from being able to have that time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's awesome that you say that, that Satan uses busyness, uh, you know, to his benefit against us. Yeah, that's the premise of how I came up with the name of this show. The name of the show was In No Hurry, and it was this idea that – and it was really based out of the season of life that I created this in. I had just moved – I live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and my wife and I had just moved from Evansville, Indiana, which is where I'm from, and I was a teacher. I'm a teacher still, but I didn't teach this past school year because we moved uh, in October. I was a tennis coach, and uh, I'd stayed to finish out our season. but. I was coming out of a season of life where I was so incredibly busy, just incredibly busy all the time. And I had so many creative ideas that I hardly had any time to do any of them because I was so busy at my other job. And it became very frustrating. Like this podcast was something that I'd wanted to do for a while. I never had the time to do it. And I I got back into teaching this school year, but um, the past year, I mean, it was, I was working another job that I, I just wasn't as busy and it was, and then with the pandemic i things slowed down even more and i and i wrote quite a bit about how you know the pandemic if there's anything good that can come out of this it's teaching us that we need to slow down maybe not at the hands of a pandemic but you know i think a lot of us are realizing holy cow, I was so distracted. And one of the references that I always like to refer to is, um, there there were about four books that came out last fall, right around the time that I started this podcast too, that were all about busyness and hustle and hurry. And one of them was by John Mark Comer, one of my favorite authors. And in that book, he writes that we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And I think it was such a great way of, when we're not busy with something, we find something else to be distracted with. And I know that for me personally, that has always been sports and entertainment. And whenever there was no uh, NCAA basketball tournament, baseball was on hold. Uh, There was no masters in the spring. Then there were no concerts, all of those things that maybe when you don't want to do something else, you kind of use that as a diversion. They were not there. And I think to some degree, that's why a lot of us have been faced with finally confronting things like racial justice. We're seeing things that are happening. We don't have anything else this year to distract us with. It's like, hey, here are these issues. And it's not just that, but like even just personally, hey, there's things in our lives. And for Christians, it's like, hey, maybe God's trying to tell us something. Like, not just, hey, like you need to slow down, but maybe there was something else that we were longing for that we didn't realize before. So I think there are so many things that if we really stop and think and use what the pandemic, you know, allowed us to do obviously i never wish for a pandemic i never wish for all these people to be dying but there's benefit to life slowing down and us having to recalibrate like you said earlier ref- refocus and and recenter and find out what actually do i find my joy and my purpose in yeah that's what I that's what i found and it sounds like that's kind of what you, what you found as well so um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, things hopefully seem to be looking up here. Twenty twenty one. There's talk of a vaccine. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping that uh, I was telling a buddy of mine of a big fantasy baseball guy, and I just said, I don't know that I can go another spring without baseball. <laughs> so I just like right now, typically, you know, we, we'd be having the baseball winter meetings. Uh, we would yeah. be, you know, having all the hot stove stuff, and it's just not happening as much. And then uh, getting ready for February and March for spring training and. I hope I hope everything kicks off like it normally does, but you know, I just we'll see. I I I don't know what to expect.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you there. I I keep trying to dig around and ask people, and uh, they're keeping it pretty, pretty, pretty close to um, to themselves right now on what what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah, see. So I guess kind of in
0: a in a brief capsule way, can you describe the process of making a bat? Like just like the creative artistic part of making a bat. What does that look like?
1: So, um, we, what I like to say is that, uh, bats actually began being made 40 years ago. And so the idea is that a a good tree, um, needs to be 40 to 60 years old to make a good bat. And so, um, yeah, so tree grows, gets cut down. And then once a billet billet is a cylinder piece of wood, um, once it hits our shop, we have to, we have to let it sit for three weeks to acclimate to the weather, um, here, the humidity, our, our, what we call the bat barn. So we're on a ranch, um, out here in Texas. On uh, a ranch
0: out there in Texas. huh? <laughs> that's right. At the bat barn. Um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I
1: love so, it. So, um, yeah. So it has to sit and acclimate to the weather and whatnot. And we actually send our bats, a part of our, um, trade secret is we send our our billets through a pretty extensive testing process uh, and we categorize our bats differently than other bat companies do and so uh, once we have that uh, we put put it on a CNC lathe and it does a rough cut of the bat and then we move it to our other lathe that we do our sanding and hardening process so in our hardening process we actually use a deer antler Um, the idea behind it Uh, is that back in the day, Babe Ruth times, they would actually have bone in the dugout and they would bone rub the bats before they would go hit. And so bone is naturally harder than wood. So it condenses the outer fibers of the bat. You know, that idea. Well, um, I started doing some research and figured out that deer antler is actually harder than bone. Uh, And it has a it just has a good curvature going along with the bat as well. And so the way that we do that process is we turn our lathe on, we, uh, we press that deer antler all the way through the barrel, um, down through the taper, and it does two things. Obviously, it's hardening it just through the pressure of pushing on it. But the other thing it does, uh, because we have it turned on, uh, it's creating friction and it's eating that bat up. And so it's the same idea as uh native americans used to flame temper their arrows to make them um harder and straighter and so that allows us to be able to do that side of it as well uh, with a little bit of a heating process but at the same time without using fire um we're never gonna have to worry about going overboard and making it too brittle yeah um, so yeah so that's a pretty important part for us uh, makes our the outside of our bats extremely hard um every bat company has kind of like their very vari- variation of it. Uh, but we just like to use deer antler probably cause we're in Texas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So then, uh, it runs over to our other side of our uh, barn where we do our staining process and, and another big deal for us. And this comes into the creative side of things. Uh, we think every, every bat is a uh, unique in and of itself. And so we want to be able to display that. And so we actually use wood dye. Okay. Um, mix it with water it's real thin so the grain of the wood shows through it yeah and so that's why i mean if you get on our instagram page you can see i mean especially we just started digging into birch and dude birch is the wildest wood it's awesome um it just gives like this real cool marbly look but but yeah that's a that's a big that's a big deal for us we want every bat to feel unique Um, And rather than using a thick paint, that's just going to make it, you know, a solid black color or whatever the color is. um, We want that uniqueness to shine through from the wood. Um, So, yeah, so we do that. We seal the bats with a sealer and then it goes to our engraving process. Uh, We allow our customers to choose what engraving they want. Um, And then from that point on, it, it gets shipped out all across the world.
0: That's awesome. I, I love that. I, I've gotten a chance to go to the Louisville slugger museum in, in Louisville and see that. And obviously that's a, it's a big operation. And you guys right. are just a, a team of three people, right? Is, is that right? Yeah. Just three, just three of y'all. Right. So it's a lot of work to, to put together a base. Like some people, you know, they might watch a baseball game and not realize how much work goes into making a wooden bat. And that's, you know, there's probably even more to it that you're leaving out just cause you don't want to give your whole process. But um, yeah, that's a, it's a lot of work just to put together one bat and then you're, you know, you're producing thousands of them. And I just, I just think that's really cool. What's, what's your, what's been your favorite part creatively about doing this? Like just, you know, obviously there's the business side of it, but just, uh, like you, you mentioned how every bat has its own uniqueness to it, but what's, what's been your favorite part of, part of making bats just from a creative standpoint?
1: Uh, you know, I would, um, I would really say the staining process. So we, we have spent the most time, I mean, it's still, honestly, it's still a learning process. Um, and so for me, it kind of gives me that creative outlet of being able to, uh, just kind of tinker with it and and really figure out what the best uh, route to go is. Um, and so I don't know. And uh, one thing that most people don't know is that I'm actually colorblind. Um, color just coordinated. So I can see, I can still see color, but you know, blue and purple, red, green, Brown, all those just kind of look the same. So yeah, uh, just so people don't, so people know I'm not the the final seer of their bat, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it has being a color discoordinated person. I, I enjoy that, that part of it that much more because our colors are so vibrant. And yeah. so um I don't know. That, that's that been really cool to me. And then the other side of it, too, is um, we've gotten started to get into engraving a lot of logos on bats and whatnot. And I've enjoyed that side of it, too, because my background with the church um, did a lot of Photoshop work. OK. Uh, a lot of videography type stuff. So, like, I'm kind of I kind of enjoy that that realm of the world.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I I just I love hearing people's creative processes. That's what a lot of the show focuses on is just kind of people mixing their faith with their creativity and using yeah. their creativity uh, to share their faith. And I think that's exactly what you guys are doing. And I just I just love hearing like different creative avenues and different people's processes. I just, I just find that really fascinating. So that's really cool. Uh, but yeah. to kind of, to hit on, uh, you, you know, my, my show name, I always ask this at the end, the show is called in no hurry. And you mentioned how, you know, we, we just talked kind of about busyness and all that kind of stuff. Um, what is kind of your go-to rhythm for when, when things do get busy and obviously this year maybe is kind of the exception because we haven't been as busy, but just when your life gets really busy or, business and life, all of that gets busy. What are your ways that you uh, peel back and slow down
1: a little bit just to kind of recenter yourself? Um, So one thing that, that I started doing probably about a year ago and I have a a same, same friend that uh, was from Minnesota and kind of made that connection. Um, Just an absolutely incredible guy, uh, but very disciplined. And so, um, one thing I started doing about a year ago is he, he really just challenged me. I don't even know if he knows he challenged me, but just through looking at like what he does, um, to make it a priority to be in the word every day. And so, um, that's, that's a non-negotiable for me now. And, and so there's, there's a lot of days where I wake up at 4am. Um, and it's so I can have 30 minutes to, you know, spend time and just kind of set my mind, right. Uh, even on those busy days to know that, at the end of the day, the one thing that matters is my relationship with Jesus. How um, I lead my family in that way, and so that's been a big one for me. And I I haven't been perfect at it, but but I've really tried hard um, to not make an excuse anymore. Um, if I'm going to be busy, that's going to be a part of my day. I mean, end of discussion. Um, and then another huge thing for me is I used to get really overwhelmed with looking at the big picture, uh, especially back whenever we were starting to get into the MLB stuff. It was kind of like I mean, just so overwhelming, and, and just the realization that I can only do so much in one day. Yeah. Um. And and to tell myself it is okay if I don't respond to that email until the morning. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> I don't have to get everything done today. Yeah. Um, and so that has been that's been a huge deal for me um, because it's it's freed up my time in the evenings to to really just be able to focus on my family. Um. Rather than getting, you know, getting an email from a customer that's not, not important at 8 p.m. whenever I'm putting the kids to sleep uh, and feeling like, well, hold on, I need to, I need to shoot an email back so they don't, you know, get upset or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, and just knowing that it's okay, you know. Um, yeah. life's yeah, not going to fall apart. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, you're a small business with a wife and and a family. So if if people can't understand that, then that's, that's kind of their problem. I feel like, cause like, yeah, you got a life here. You got kids, you got young kids, you got to, you got to put them to bed. And you can't always just respond right away. So (laughs) I've been really bad about that at times too, feeling like I've got to respond to something right away and that, that somebody's going to be waiting on, you know, on the edge of their seat for me to reply. And that's just not always reality. You know I mean? Right like you think about like we've had to wait on other people plenty of times we've lived. So it's like people can understand when we've got stuff going on, but yeah. so we're, we're, we're coming up, you know, Christmas is in just a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And you guys, uh, you know, you said that this is kind of your busiest time. Uh, I guess this year obviously has been difficult for you guys, but I guess if people are wanting to, to maybe get a gift for somebody and, uh, a bat might be a good gift. I mean, what are some things that they may, maybe need to know about what you guys are doing around this time for, I don't know if you have any sales or promos or stuff that's going on, but um, what are some things you're hoping customers know about you guys during Christmas time?
1: Yeah. So we're not, we just, um, a few weeks ago we just finished running a promo. So a big deal with us is uh, we have to make sure that we can finish bats in order for them to be at the person's house by Christmas. Yeah. And so, I always set a a date at the beginning of December um, to make sure that I can get them there, knowing that I'm going to get orders later in Christmas, and that's totally fine. Maybe we're looking Uh, at
0: Valentine's Day gifts for guys then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. No, Um, really, honestly, the biggest thing um, that I could tell them is as long as we can get or uh, sorry, I'm looking at at the date right now, as long as we can get orders in by the 15th or 16th, we can have them we can have them to them on the 25th um, or by the 25th, as long as, you know, shipping is, once it's out of our hands, you know, we just pray that it goes well uh, with the shipping. But, but yeah, if people want to order, you know, it's just com is our website. They can go on there and customize bats. Um, And then, yeah, as long as we can get them in within the next three to five days, we'd be happy to knock them out and, and get them to them.
0: So we're, we're talking on December 10th. This is going to release on the 14th on Monday, the 14th.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. And
0: uh, so if you're listening, head over to xylobats.com right now, get your right order. Now. in. <laughs> yeah, right now, get your order in for Christmas. So you can get that there in time. So um, that's, right. that's awesome. And and then uh, I guess, obviously we know xylobats.com, but uh, and you guys have an Instagram. Where else can people connect with you guys that they want to check you guys out?
1: Are a really good place is uh Instagram, Facebook. We actually just got a, got in the TikTok world. Okay. Uh, on my moves. Um just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so the cool thing um that we're hoping with TikTok is that we can really show our process a lot more. Yeah. Um and just how how that side of our world works. And so uh yeah, hit us up on there because we don't have very many followers yet. So yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe people can be some of our first followers on there.
0: That's cool. I have a buddy who was on my podcast about a year ago, and his name is Brad Ellis. He's on another podcast. That's that's it's a really funny podcast. But his full time job is um, he owns a company called Ellis Custom Creations. He's getting a free out here, but he 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 does a lot of woodworking. He makes tables, chairs, all that kind of stuff. And um, he said that he created a TikTok just to kind of show his process as well. Which is, you know, yeah. he said he said he got he created one. I don't think he's used it a whole lot, but he said he got into it and he was really into like the the really satisfying videos that could just show you like, I don't know, like, you know, really satisfying processes that of stuff. Like I've seen somebody who <laughs> right. like, like they were, they were like cleaning off the snow on their, uh, on their roof and it was like a really satisfying way that they were doing it <laughs> right. so he was like he was like yeah i just hope people come and to check out my my process and find it to be satisfying as i make something out of wood so uh that's kind of <laughs> cool it seems like there's a little bit of an online community with woodworkers my, my brother-in-law is also a very handy woodworker too so yeah. um hopefully he'll he'll check this episode out too but uh that's awesome i i'm so excited to hear about all this stuff and excited what god's doing for you and your company and just as a nice. baseball fan i hope that in the in the coming years i start seeing more uh, MLB players out there swinging your bats. I think that'd be, that'd be awesome. And it's a great way to to minister to people. Cause then, you know, people are like, well, what's silo bats? What are they all about? And then they learn your story right. and hopefully they hear about Jesus through that. And I think it's just a, it's a great way to use your skill to, to minister to people. So I'm excited yeah. to see, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what 2021 brings for you, hopefully for you and every other small business, it's, it's a lot better financially, uh, than, the 2020, I think it's going to be hard to be worse than 2020. I, I hope it's uh, because it's hard, but, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm praying for, for, for myself and any other people that, that, you know, that, that own a small business, I don't own a small business, but, you know, just anybody that has a job, I'm hoping that 2021 is a whole lot better than it was in
1: 2020. Definitely, man. Oh yeah.
0: Me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, Leland, man, thanks for joining the show. This is awesome. And, and, uh, like I said, I'm excited to see what's in store for you.
1: Thank you so much, man. I really, really enjoyed it.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Leland and just hearing the process of how a baseball bat is made, but also more importantly, just his faithfulness in God and the way in which God used his passion and his story uh, to build this company of xylo bats. I just think it's really, really cool. Definitely check out their website if you are looking for any last-minute Christmas gifts. They do some really awesome customized stuff for their bats. So check out their website, xylobats.com. Support them just like any small business. They've been hit pretty hard by COVID this year. So if you're looking for a small business to support, you've got a baseball fan or a sports fan in your life, they might have a good gift option for you. So make sure you check them out. And as always, if you guys need me at all, you can find me on instagram and twitter at cole claiborne or on facebook at cole douglas claiborne also would invite you to subscribe to my newsletter stay in touch that way i would love to connect with you guys any and everywhere possible but i hope you guys have a great week hope you find some time to relax and not be in a hurry and we will see you back next week